Bang, bang, boom, it's done, it's done, it's done. Recording this one late because, well, things got a little bit delayed and the technology is still... How did the Delta go? What next? Nat and restaurant entrances. People are talking about Ukraine, but what's going on in Haiti? Yes, I do need to update the December drumming. I have some rough tracks, uh, but I haven't published them, so uh, I will get to those. Folks, it is Wednesday, December 7th. 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. Uh, and uh, so today was a big day because, um, it went, well, it was my Delta Module 1 exam. And I was uh, yammering on about this yesterday uh, that um, the th- this test, which is a part of a three-part, it makes up the first part of a trilogy of courses or modules that uh, lead up to this this uh, certification of being a, uh, you know, a a Delta holder and Delta is sort of a um, part of the career sort of progression of an ESL teacher if they choose to stay in the industry and if they choose to uh, usually get themselves out of teaching and more into administration or materials work and so this module one heavily theory based and today so what it was there's two major things that you have to do in this uh, module for this this paper this exam Number one, you have to know, read up a lot on these uh, methodologies like that uh, have been used and invented and uh, talked about, theorized and tried to be applied over the last 100, 120 years sort of thing. Uh, the other thing that you have to be able to do is look at something, analyze it and see its values, uh, so its, its advantages and its disadvantages, like its values and where it would not offer value. Uh, and so that the, it's not just for like materials, uh, it's for, yeah, you have to analyze some, they actually give you a speech, they, they, they gave us a, a spoken text today, so and it, we didn't have to listen, they published the text as the person spoke it, and on th- different parts above the words, they would give us this phonemic chart, and you have to be able to read this and understand where they are having pronunciation issues, or if they're getting the intonation right, or connected speech, so like if they're they're eliding or uh, elisioning, uh, assimilating words and things like that. So um, if they are joining words together, where they're joining those words together uh, and uh, whether or not they're doing it accurately, sort of uh, according to like whether or not it'd be understood by someone, um, someone else who's listening, basically. So that was uh, and the other thing that you have to do is be able to an- analyze sentences in terms of their grammatical components. So they'll give you a sentence and in that sentence, they'll put in bold um, one, two, or three words sort of thing. And so this one, um, we had to analyze let, tell. So it's like, let me tell you is the full sentence. But we only had to analyze let and tell. And I'm going, how do you <laughs> What? <laughs> you can't analyze me. So let me tell you. you. You don't analyze me and you don't analyze you. If you do that, you don't get any marks for it. You know, there's no points, but you only get points for let and tell. Uh, and that is sort of one of, it wasn't, I think I put down was it some sort of a polite imperative. Um, let, uh, same as the word set, set within, let me tell you. So it's a polite imperative. Tell is uh, the base form of the verb to tell. Um, base form means it just doesn't have two in front of it and uh, doesn't have like an S or it's not past or future being modified or anything like that. Um, so it's just present simple used uh, to indicate 
uh, polite instruction, polite suggestion or something like that. So, yeah. So there's things like that. And then we also have to analyze uh, this one. We had to analyze it, they, and this in another portion. And I can't remember um, the sentences for those. It was all pronouns. Anaphoric reference just means that it was referring to something that was already said before in the text. If these terms are new to you and you're you're getting lost, believe me, it, when I saw that word the first time, anaphoric reference, I was like, what the, f what is that? Three types, anaphoric, cataphoric, and ex exophoric. Anaphoric refers to something that's already been mentioned. Cataphoric mentions something that's going to be mentioned or looks ahead to be something that's going to be mentioned. So it was a cold and rainy day that Saturday. So it uh, is cataphoric, uh, pointing towards Saturday. And then exophoric is something where it points outside of the text. It's like, um, as as they know, you know, but who is they? Uh, it could be someone who's outside the, the text that hasn't been mentioned. Uh, you know, it could be Chinese people, could be Canadians, could be FIFA World Cup uh, fans, you know, sort of thing. It could be anything, uh, really. So that one requires a little bit more context. But all that being said, uh, paper one, I think I finished with a few minutes, to, like 10 minutes or so remaining, and that was sort of on point. I think I didn't do too well. Paper one, I think I did okay. The terminology, there were some that I didn't uh, get. I got about 50% of them correct. There was one that I, I knew the, I should have known the answer to, and I didn't get it. Um, I put down phatic speech, P-H-A-T-I-C, and this is sort of that that uh, conversational, uh, not adjacency pairs. Adjacency pairs are when you're like, thanks, and then someone says, oh, you're welcome. You know, that's an adjacency pair. You set it up like it, there's an expected response, a call and response sort of a thing. Um, but phatic speech is used, usually used to smooth over something. That's like, I, I'm sorry, I don't know how to tell you this, but like that, that's sort of, it's a conversational method. Um, to or can also be used in text as well, but to sort of smooth over uh, some emotional whatevers, right? But this this one terminology that I missed, it was something along the lines of it's the type of language you use when you are saying something like, "Is that a phone?" And it's the implication is that you should answer the phone. Is that the phone? Is that a phone? You know, is that a phone ringing? So implying to the other person go pick the thing up already, or uh, implying that you're not supposed to have a phone here sort of thing, right? So do something with it. Uh, and I can't remember what the uh, the word is. I never did look up. <laughs> I know it's in my uh, Quizlet desk, deck somewhere. I just haven't looked it up uh, because uh, after the exam, I was convinced to go for a few pints. I was told two, eight later, I think we left. Uh, we got kicked out of one restaurant, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that in just a minute or so. So overall, Delta Module 1, over. Uh, I got through Paper 2 just in time. Paper 2 required us to uh, look at a test, uh, look at uh, some materials, and then like a, a textbook, and then also look at a blog post, eight lines long, in which it's sort of, um, th there is the argument of, like, do you let your students just make mistakes, like be fluent, or do you correct them for accuracy throughout the class sort of thing? And so you had to make 15 points about this. And that was a lot because uh, it was a lot of writing and just, just go, go, go. Don't, if you don't know the answers, if you can't come up with eight points uh, for, you know, just letting uh, students speak or or making the argument that uh, they should be corrected all the time, 
well, I just move on then. So it's like, yeah, that, that was probably the toughest thing, but I was able to get it all done. I didn't miss any questions uh, so much. Like I didn't leave anything yeah. blank. I did fill in everything, which is what they tell you to do. Um, I was actually surprised that one guy had started uh, paper one. And there's actually a specific manner that if you look up how to pass the Delta module one, they there's a lot of people who publish this online uh, that there's a methodology to there's a method to attacking the the exam like writing the exam you don't start with question one you actually go to the end of the exam first and you start with question five and so so paper one has five questions paper two has three questions but <laughs> each question has like an a b c d part and each a b c d part could have like i and i i like one two sort of thing so a one and a two it's it's a lot i mean it's quite a bit of stuff kind of awkward that they only give you 90 minutes for it but honestly you don't want to spend that much time on it anyway so you just want this you want it over with but uh, uh the idea being that you attack the uh the questions with the greater amount of points available to them first and then you move down um to the ones that don't aren't worth as much so the paper one it's it's task five then task four then task three in that order two and then one paper two um, I did it right from from start to finish, one, two, three, but many people do say start with task three, making 15 points about, uh, you know, pros and cons of something. Uh, so start with task three, then task two, and then task one, because those, uh, the last two questions are worth more. Um, I was surprised that one guy said that he didn't do that for the papers. I was like, wow, that's like, I, I, I am not smart enough to... F- uh, not go uh, to go against the information provided by other people who've done it and passed. <laughs> so, uh, but it's over anyway. Afterwards, like, yeah, Steve, let's go for a beer. I'm like, oh, I really, I if I go for a beer now at lunchtime, I'm not going to get anything else done. And lo and behold, I got nothing else done. I think the, after that, I came home and I ate a bag of chips. <laughs> that was as much as I got done in the evening. Um, we did go to slow boat and uh they kicked us out they didn't want me there because my code uh didn't update so i'm still on a three day i think it's a four day now uh since i've received a result now i did go on tuesday morning to get tested you'll recall that i said i had to get tested and i was panicking about this luckily on tuesday uh daytime something tuesday morning or something we received this email that the office building that we're, we were going to write this exam in didn't require uh, the, uh, the negative NAT test. So you had to scan the code, but you didn't need to have a negative NAT test within the last 48 hours. Lucky. Uh, so that, that that's good. Lucky, or is it like WTF is going on because I'm not the only person to have this happen to me uh, happened to where I go to this compound testing area and take a test and then it doesn't show up. So, uh, there's been, and it's not just me, like it's not just, uh, there's been times where like foreigner, for the databases of foreigner names have been sort of, oops, accidentally erased <laughs> for whatever reason. Uh, that's happened. It's happened by like districts too. So there have been mess ups along the way. This is, this is not something new, but uh, I did need this test to, to get into this. Um, I, I needed the result to get into the test initially. I didn't after all, but restaurants and bars, I think, still require a negative NAT test 
within the last 48 hours. So we go to Slow Boat, and it's, it has like three people in there. And they stop us. Well, they stop me. And they say, well, you can't come in because you, you have a three-day uh, NAT. I'm like, I went yesterday. <laughs> I have a nasal swab. I can do that. They're like, no, it has to be green health code and 48 hours. You know, they go by the rules here, don't they? Uh, we went down to um, the... Uh, Another, there's another little uh, craft beer part, like literally a bar. It's just like a, it's you walk in and there's about four feet from the door to the the bar itself. And he's like, "Not, nah, uh, it's got to be 48 hours." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? There's not much room. This is, it, basically you could serve us outside." Nope, got to be 48 hours. All right. So other guy knows uh, this nice little French uh, baguette. Uh, cafeteria that's conjoined with like a, a, a pub cafe sort of thing. So, so it's like a bakery and a cafe and pub, not a pub, uh, cafe and select beer pours lo- location. So we sat there. Um, and yeah, the, the pints were kind of expensive. It's one of these things where it's been set up by um, obviously a, a Chinese business guy uh, who's trying to latch on to the. Uh, uh, the craft beer craze that uh, foreigners and a lot of Chinese people are uh, like to partake in, because um, he's jacked up those prices forty five, fifty five quai per pint, and he's going, "Oof!" And we have a few of those. So, um, look, the the calf, uh, the, uh, the bakery was pretty good too, as well. Actually, I had the quiche, the the bacon quiche, and it was uh, very nice. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> so we sat there and. Yammered on and solved all the problems of the world and our um, inebriatedness. Apparently, because uh, there's a Polish guy there, an Australian, and then myself as Canadian. Um, and the Polish guy actually had lived in Colombia for a while. And he was saying, yeah, like a lot of people are talking about Ukraine. It is a, it is a massive war that's going on right now. But he's like, the, the news is not covering what's going on in Haiti. And Haiti apparently has become completely lawless with like a whole bunch of gang violence and everything. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know very much about Haiti. Uh, I know they uh, got basically wiped out, what, five, six years ago because of that hurricane? Was it ten, eight years ago? Hurricane Katrina? That one pretty much destroyed. That was Florida, but I think, um, which one happened? Or was that an earthquake? See, I, I'm, I remember these news stories from years ago, but I can't remember the details. All I know is that, yeah, Haiti hasn't... Uh, is not doing so well at the moment, apparently. So this is something that I'll have to uh, uh, take a look at. At uh, a little bit later, but now that I'm over, I'm done with this uh, module one. I mean, it was really sort of a a weight being lifted off the shoulders. I just I had all these plans, like I kind of got stuck at the bar, but <laughs> and I lost a glove. Actually, this is probably the worst, the thing that bothers me the most. I lost a glove, and I had these good gloves that are um, thick enough for like running outside, and I can even swing the uh, the kettlebells and stuff like with them. Or the the, mail, uh, the the steel maces and the steel club, and now I lo- I only have one, so I'm not gonna find another pair of gloves. <sighs> Just my fanla, troublesome. I thought it was in the backpack, and I looked all over, nothing. Can't find it anywhere. So <sighs> it's one of those things where you kind of wonder: Did someone see me drop a glove and they didn't say anything? I hate when I I I I, I don't know. In Beijing, in China, if you see someone drop something. Do you immediately go, hey, is this yours? Like, do you try to make the effort to call attention to that, to that they've dropped something? Or do you just keep on going? 
I think it's more common to actually let like people just drop stuff and then they yeah, you just keep on going. You don't bother uh, trying to help out anybody like that. To tell you the truth, it's it's kind of weird in a in a in a way. I know in, like my hometown, you see someone drop something, it'd be like you know five people would go around. Oh wait, 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 wait. five people would point at it. Go hey, you've dropped you've dropped something. You just lost something. Oh, is that yours? Sort of thing, right? Maybe it happens here a little bit, but uh, you don't see it happening. I <laughs> seem to tell you the truth. And to be fair, so this stuff, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm not blaming anyone. It's like this is something that could have dropped out while on a bike that it would have been unsafe for someone to either stop and pick up or point out or even like to recognize who it came from. I mean, there's a lot of people that are flowing around all the time. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is my fault. I understand that. And I'm very disappointed. That I'm, now, I'm now down to one winter glove that I can use. Uh, that uh, this is why I wear them. Hey, this is why I have them. So if I lose one, it doesn't matter. But they're good gloves. Damn it. Anyway, December drumming. Yes. So I haven't. Um, I do have a few tracks that I've sort of made, but I didn't finish them. Um, and yeah, I haven't posted them yet. <laughs> <laughs> because Tuesday night I was literally uh, uh, spending time reviewing um, a lot of stuff. I, I just I started working on a track, and I'm like, you know what? It's all good to be trying to work on this, but I do need to focus on the Delta. Now, that being the case, Tuesday night there is a, an apartment full of young ones, not uh, like youth, young people, let's call them, and they decided to have a party all night. So uh, sleeping throughout Tuesday evening up until Wednesday morning wasn't exactly as peaceful and relaxing as I would have liked in order to uh, be fully refreshed for my uh, exam, but whatever. Uh, I, anyway, with uh, December drumming, I will have those tracks up. Um, I owe you guys one for Tuesday, and I owe you one for tonight as well, uh, for Wednesday. And then hopefully, starting tomorrow, Thursday, things will be on a little bit more of a... Uh, you know, better schedule. Again, I'm. I don't have to think. I don't have to feel like I'm have to be reading something all the time to do the module one. Now that it's over, I can focus on some other things, namely Chinese as well. So I got to start working on that, and that's probably gonna. I'm thinking probably next week. I'll tell you. Although I'm looking at my work schedule, going, Oosh. I guess it's gonna be busy for the next little while. Good. Make the money. You got to make the money when it's there, and you got to uh, show up to. You know, take the opportunities that you can, basically, especially, this is not, maybe not all opportunities, but, you know, doing an extra course that's going to better your career, further your career, or at least teach you something that you could use within your industry. Uh, it's uh, something that, uh, I don't think it's money wasted if you can uh, push yourself, further yourself a little bit more, um, and uh, yeah, I, I know, as an ESL teacher, <laughs> basically, what kind of grand pontification is this? Uh, is how much more can you do with a uh, ESL teacher other than just travel around the world? Basically, right? I thought it was funny that uh, at the end of the test, actually, we had to fill out this questionnaire, and they asked, "What? What's your your what? What's your native language? What's your original language?" And they listed like twenty six others or 12 others, they didn't list English. So I had to put down other. And then they asked you, where are you from? And there was no United States and there was no Canada. You're going, what? <laughs> no Poland. <laughs> um, I think Australia was listed in the United Kingdom, but uh, a little bit odd. 
So I was other for, for my language and other for place of birth. What do you know? All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Show notes and tracks, uh, along with all the December drumming tracks as well, are going to be up on my website, stevensersky.com. Have a great one. I hope you guys are doing well, studying hard, staying warm, getting your runs in. And we'll do this again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.